0: In the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen my brothers and sisters <laughs> the halal just i don't know makes me makes me emotional so thank you for the halal I just <laughs> jesus deserves halal can we give him another hand and some halal The reason why we clap, we do this beautiful halahal is because we celebrate the most important, the most greatest event that ever happened in history. Today we celebrate something that has meaning, power and effect in our lives today. And if it's not just a story, then it does have power in our lives today. I think the question that we need to ask ourselves today is are we celebrating just a story, an idle tale, or are we, are we celebrating a real, actual event that changes history and changes my life today? It can't be both. It can't be just a story, and it can't be, oh, it's also an, a historical effect, but it doesn't affect my life. It's one or the other. And each and every one of us who have come to church today claiming that we believe, we have to ask ourselves that question. And when we ask ourselves that question, it's only because it leads us to greater faith. Faith, my brothers and sisters, also seeks understanding. Many of us, we we believe, but we don't quite always understand. And there's a lot of questions that arise in our hearts Is this really a real thing that happened? Is this just a story? I mean, that's what the apostles thought Mary Magdalene was doing. They said, oh, she's just making up some sort of fairy tale in her head. But today, we as Christians, we know that what we believe is not illogical. We don't just believe things because it sounds like, it sounds cool, it makes me feel good to believe this. We believe that what we actually profess is real, it's logical, it's reasonable. And so we can explain what we believe The reason. So today, before we just proclaim that we believe, let's ask ourselves, do we understand what we believe? Let's do some critical thinking. I want us to play for a minute, I want us to play devil's advocate. Let's do some critical thinking, and let's just say for a minute that Jesus didn't actually really rise from the dead. It's just a story. Let's just, let's play devil's advocate. The first thing that we need to do before we play this devil's advocate and say that Jesus didn't really rise from the dead is we need to establish two things. The first thing is that we need to establish that Jesus is a real historical figure whether we like it or believe it or not. History shows by non-Christian sources, Jews, Romans wrote about this man named Jesus who was crucified. So that we have to accept. Whether we want to believe that Jesus died from, rose from the dead, that's another thing. Let's put that on the side. History says there was a man named Jesus and he died. The other thing that we have to establish is that in this story, historically speaking, no one in history has ever been able to claim that they found the body of Jesus. Never. There was never a time where they threw the body of Jesus at the apostles and said, okay, quit your yapping, quit your stories, and here's the body of Jesus, and skunu. That never happened. So what could it possibly have been? So if we're going to play devil's advocate, let's play, let's play the other side. Well, Father, clearly it was the apostles. The apostles made this up. It's this big scam. It's a big story. It's a big scam because maybe the apostles wanted fame. Maybe they wanted money. I don't know wh- why they would have made this up. But if we're not going to believe, then that's, my, that's what it must have been. They were hallucinating. You can come up with many different reasons. But to even say that, there's more reason to believe that that's not true than it is to say that it is true. Because if, let's say, the apostles were the ones that stole the body just to play a scam, how would they have even gotten to the body of Jesus? Because the Romans were being paid big bucks to stand before that tomb. And the penalty... For a Roman to not do his job, a Roman soldier not do his job, would be that they would die. So they would have been eyes open all night. There's no way that the the apostles would have gotten to the body of Jesus. But let's just say, again, devil's advocate, they had some politics, you know, somebody was related and somebody had a cousin who had a cousin and they got in and they got the body, right? Let's Let's just play like Chaldean world, right? They got to the body of Jesus, and they stole the body, okay? Now, I don't know if you guys remember how the apostles ended up dying. Do you remember? One of the apostles was skinned alive. His name was St. Bartholomew. Now, let's just say that the apostles really had the body of Jesus, and they were hiding it. Let's say that they were hallucinating and they just, they went crazy. If your body was being skinned alive, at some point you would have said, okay, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me go get the body. It's in the basement. (laughs) Let me, let me go grab it for you. Hold on, just one, what's, one second. Let me go grab the body. I'll be right back. This is what you want. You want the body? (laughs) I got it for you. That never happened. What's even crazier, you guys, is that 500 witnesses claimed that they witnessed Jesus resurrect from the dead, that they physically saw Jesus in the flesh. Now, there may be almost about 500 people in this church. I don't know about you guys. I think Jews and Chaldeans are pretty similar in the fact that we all know somebody and everybody talks about somebody and everybody gossips about somebody, right? So if, let's say, for example... 500 people were making this up somebody would have been able to have Paid somebody enough to say you know what? Did you hear the tea? I got the tea (laughs) Because you know we all do that, right? Like we can't even hold our tongues for five minutes the minute we hear something as a Keldean we're like (gasps) Did you hear what happened? Did you hear the tea girl? Did you get the tea on that? Right away, we can't hold our tongues. How are 500 people gonna hold a lie? there's no way at some point they would have found the body of Jesus somebody would have been paid enough to say you know what I got the body but guys today there is no body and we can either walk away from this church like the apostles in the beginning who just they walked home just wondering they saw an empty tomb they knew that there was an empty tomb but they just wondered. They weren't ready yet to believe, to surrender, to say, you know what, I believe Jesus. They weren't ready yet. Or we could be like Mary Magdalene, who stays at the tomb seeking, desiring to know more, wanting to understand. Now, Mary Magdalene was the first to see Jesus physically, face-to-face, because she suffered so much. She was the last person that you would have imagined Jesus would appear to first. And this is who Jesus comes to. Why does Jesus do this? Well, Jesus does this because he wants to show all of us that it doesn't matter what we've done in the past or how good or how bad we think we are. Jesus wants to give us the power of his resurrection. Jesus wants his resurrection to not just remain something that happened 2,000 years ago. He wants our, his resurrection to resurrect us today from something. How? How is it that, okay, Father, I believe, you might be saying, Father, I believe that Jesus resurrected from the dead. You don't have to convince me. That's beautiful. But how many of us are experiencing today the power and using and tapping into his, his resurrection today? Jesus is alive. That's what this resurrection means. And if he's alive today, that means that my life can change today. There's an effect. There's a power somehow on my life today. Now, all of us, all of us, are struggling with something today. All of us can feel like we're being held down by something. It could be a sickness, it could be a suffering that I'm facing, it could be a family problem, it could be an addiction that I'm fighting, it could be fear, anxiety, whatever it might be. And it can feel like it's overcoming me. I can feel almost like I'm suffocating in a tomb. I don't know about you guys, but I I get claustrophobic sometimes. I can't imagine being put in a tomb. Sometimes in life, spiritually speaking, we can feel like we're stuck in a tomb. The darkness of a tomb, it can feel, life can feel like it's choking me at times. All of us have experienced that in one way or another. And the way that Jesus walked out of that tomb victorious, he walked out of that tomb with power, with authority. Today, Jesus can give us the power to walk out of our tomb. Whatever tomb that might be, whatever darkness that we feel like is creeping on our lives that might be trying to choke us, to paralyze us. Today, Jesus says, Do you want to walk out of that tomb with me? Are you ready to walk out of that tomb with me? Because I didn't just do it once and for all 2,000 years ago. I'm doing it again today. And I want to do it in you, and I want to do it in you. But do we believe? Are we ready to experience that power? Now, that... um That that moment that Jesus rise from the dead, do you know how Jesus rose from the dead? Did he just like, was he dead and then he just opened up his eyes? Nope. The Holy Spirit came upon the dead body of Jesus and raised Jesus to life. And guess what, guys? The same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is alive in every single one of us. And that's how we have the same power that Jesus had 2,000 years ago to walk out of that tomb. We have the same spirit living inside of us to do the exact same thing. Do we believe that? The same spirit. What is that tomb today that, that I might be struggling with, that I might be fighting? That tomb could be fear. Fear. Many of us are crippled by fear and anxiety, and I can't tell you how many people I see today, and the number one thing, people always say to me, Father, what's the number one thing you hear as a priest? I'll tell you, the number one thing that I hear as a priest is anxiety and fear. There was a, when I was in the the seminary, there was a sister, a nun, her name was Sister Mary. Mary. Guys, I promise you, Sister Mary did not physically walk on the floor. She literally floated on the floor. I'm telling you, she glided. That's that's how holy this woman was. She was drunk on God 24 hours a day. Drunk. Like, like, oh, Patrick, like drunk. I'm like, girl, what happened at 6 a.m.? Why are you so happy right now? Why are you so happy right now? It's 6 a.m. She was 24 hours a day smiling on Jesus. She was diagnosed with cancer 25 years ago. Well, now, about 35 years ago now. And instead of, she told us that instead of allowing fear and anxiety to overcome her, which you can imagine, getting diagnosed with cancer is a very, very scary thing, correct? So, I think all of us, even if we don't even have cancer, the biggest fear that we have is even, even getting cancer, like Constantly feeling like, oh my gosh, am I going to get cancer? And just that thought alone can overcome us. Do you know what she did? She spoke to her illness. She spoke to her cancer because she knew that she had power and authority through the resurrection of Jesus. She had victory over this illness. And she said, okay, cancer, cancer. Since Jesus allowed you to enter into my body, you will not leave from your spot. You will not move from your spot unless me and Jesus tell you so. She spoke to her cancer. And she said, you will not go anywhere that me and Jesus will not allow you. Okay, you can come into my body. That's fine. But you're not going to move. Jesus and I will have the last say. Do you see the attitude that she had? Because she believed and she knew the power of Christ's resurrection today. That she did not have to remain constantly, manically afraid of what's going to happen. Because she knew that Jesus had her. And she believed in the power of his resurrection to overcome her illness. And she did. And she, you guys, she didn't die from cancer. She lived with it for 35 years. It never never moved. It never grew, and it never got smaller. It never moved, period. Her faith in the power of Jesus and his love for her was like nothing. So today, whatever fear that is crippling us, you know what we need to tell our fear? No matter how big you think you are, Jesus' power is greater. Amen? Do you believe that? Yes. We have to claim it, though. Those moments when we're being attacked with the fear, we have to claim it. We have to stand in the, in the power of His resurrection and say, fear be gone in the name of Jesus. Be gone. Take power and authority. Illness be gone in the name of Jesus. Gone. We have the power and the authority. We just have to use it. We have to call on that spirit. The second tomb that I feel like a lot of us are struggling with is Unforgiveness. Many of us are struggling to forgive someone who's hurt us deeply and we're still holding on to it and they're still affecting us. They're still uh, uh, hurting us till today. And many of us are not forgiving somebody who we may not be thinking about right now and that is ourselves. Sometimes we know that God has forgiven us but we have not forgiven ourselves we have not let go of whatever it is that we might have done 10, 15 years ago, five days ago, and we're still beating ourselves up about it. And we're still allowing the devil to beat us up about it. And Jesus is saying, I've forgiven you. Forgive yourself. Let it go. I have forgiven you, and because I've forgiven you, you have to forgive your brother. That doesn't mean that what they did is okay. That doesn't mean that somehow, some way they're just going to get away with it. Absolutely not. What forgiveness means is, Jesus, I am giving you power and authority to be the judge over what this person has done to me, not me. I'm no longer going to play the judge. I'm no longer going to take power and authority and control over what they did. I'm going to give you that power, Jesus. And if you've forgiven me for my sins, Jesus, I give you permission to forgive Flan for whatever they did to me. I give you permission, Jesus, to forgive that person That, my brothers and sisters, we all have to do daily, not just one time, because those people still are in our lives today sometimes, and we still have to face them, and they still bother us, and they still annoy us. Every time I see that person, I have to either, either I'm going to go and gossip about this person and make them more of a monster, or I'm going to say, Jesus, forgive them and help me to forgive them too. Jesus, forgive them and help me to forgive them too. Can you say that with me? Jesus, forgive them and help me to forgive them too. Jesus, forgive them and help me to forgive them too. We can forgive because Jesus forgave us. And when we forgive, we walk out of the dark tomb of a grudge that holds us down. And the last thing is the tomb of our sin. All of us are struggling with some type of sin, a bad habit. It could be lust, it could be greed, it could be anger, whatever it might be. We're all struggling with something. Now, if you look at the 12-step program for anybody who's fighting an addiction, whether you're a Christian or not, anybody who goes through that program says that the only way that that they were able to get over their addiction was by the power of who? God. And all of us have an addiction to something. It could be an even addiction to, the, to control my life. All of us are struggling with something. Today, because Jesus has overcome sin, he literally destroyed the power of hell and the power of Satan. Today, he can destroy the power of sin in our lives. But are we calling on Jesus in those moments of temptation? Today, Jesus has given us confession. He's given us the Eucharist so that we can literally come in contact with the resurrection of Jesus so that the Holy Spirit can come upon us and transform our lives. Every single Sunday, Jesus is saying, come to my tomb, come to my altar, and let me set you free by my body and my blood. Do you want it? The the, The resurrection of Jesus is in our tabernacles, in our chapels that are open 24 hours a day. Are we running to the chapel when fear or when sin or when unforgiveness and the darkness of our tomb starts to creep up on us? Are we running to the chapels where Jesus is alive? Today, Jesus can only do so much. He can only do what we allow him to do. Today, as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, tell Jesus, Jesus, I want all of your resurrection. I want everything. I want every single part of your resurrection to overcome me today. And as you walked out of that tomb, Jesus, walk me out with you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Happy Easter to all of us. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.